Welcome to our community. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Don Butera. Hey, good morning. Yeah, we're in a bit of a new set here today. Uh, and uh, anyways, I want to read a scripture. We're in the book of Revelation, and I have thoroughly enjoyed being in this book. Uh, it says in this book, it says, if you read it, you will be blessed. So you want to be blessed? Read the book of Revelation. I want to read this scripture first out of uh, Revelations chapter 8 before we get into the message today. It says this. It says, Then another angel with a gold incense burner came and stood at the altar, and a great amount of incense, which was given to him to mix with the prayers of God's people as an offering on a gold altar before the throne. And the smoke of the incense mixed with prayers of God's holy people ascended to God from the altar where the angel had poured it out. And then the angel filled the incense burner with fire from the altar and threw it down onto the earth and thunder crashed and lightning. And there was a great terrible earthquake. Now, I don't want an earthquake in Bali. I can say that honestly. But the beauty of this verse is it talks about how we put our prayers and, and the angel mixes our prayers up and it ascends up into heaven. And once it gets to the Lord, then God throws it down. He gives it to the angel and it throws it down into the earth. And that's like our prayers go up and the answers of God come down in power. And so before we begin, I want us to give us an opportunity to give an offering to the Lord. We can make offerings through prayers and we can make offerings through our giving. And, and so when we offer our giving this morning, I want us to also offer a prayer up so that it will go in that bowl, so it will ascend unto God and God will come down and, and, and return it with great power. Your prayers will be returned with great power. So this morning... Let's just pray. The QR code is on our screens. The, you, you, you know by now how to give. And I know that you want to give, and so I appreciate that. So let's get a prayer going. Let's give our offerings up. Let's give our tithes and offerings and prayers, and let's just make them ascend to God, and they will come down, and there'll be an earthquake here in Bali. Please don't prophesy, Donald. Okay. Lord, right now we offer up our prayers. Take a second. Let the Holy Spirit give you a prayer request this morning to offer up to God. Jesus, Lord, I know there's probably a lot of people right now that, Lord, say they don't have enough money. I know that prayer has gone up to you, Lord. You heard that prayer. Father, I know that there are a lot of people, Lord God, who are uh, still a bit afraid of what will happen in the future. Lord, hear their prayer and answer it, Lord. Father, today as we offer up our prayers, we're off giving our offering to you. We know, Lord God, that as our offerings go up, hallelujah, Lord God, your blessings come down. So Lord Jesus, bless the giver, bless the offering, answer the prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, let's jump in, and we're still in the book of Revelations. Now, just so you know... Um, from chapters 4, I'm just going to give a little review. From chapter 4, 5, and 6 is really all about heaven. And then we see all the things that are happening down on the earth from the perspective of heaven. And then, hallelujah, in Revelations 19 and 20 and, and the end of the chapters, we see God doing what has been prophesied long ago. You remember long ago, before Jesus ever came to earth, 
There were so many prophecies about his coming, and then he came, and he fulfilled all those prophecies. In the same way, there's been many prophecies of what will happen, and God will return, and the new Jerusalem will come down. And so we're going to spend uh, the next few weeks actually in chapters 4 and 5, a little bit of 6 and 7, and we're going to be kind of hanging out in heaven. We're going to be hanging out in heaven now. So let's read. I want to read uh, Revelations chapter 5, verse 11. It says this. And then I looked again, and I heard the voices of thousands and millions of angels around the throne and the living beings and, and, and the elders, and they sang a mighty chorus. They sang a mighty... It was not a little chorus. It was a mighty chorus. Millions upon millions singing this chorus. Worthy is the lamb who was slaughtered or slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and even under the earth and in the sea sang blessings and honor and glory and power belong to the one who is sitting on the throne and to the lamb forever and ever. We are going to sing that song. I get so excited when I think about it. Now, we're going to talk about heaven and we're going to talk about things that happen in heaven and uh, all of that in the next few weeks. But I, there's an expression in, um, in America. There's an expression, there's a, uh, an English phrase that says this. And it says, and actually a lot of times it's talking uh, to preachers. So it's like, you know, used on, on people like me. It says this, it says that a person is so heavenly minded that they're no earthly good. They're so, and sometimes, you know, we as preachers, we just talk so much about this stuff up in heaven that like, how does it actually work here on earth? Now, there's one interesting thing about that. Uh, I, I got complimented. This was a compliment to me. I, I preached in this, uh, this uh, church here in Bali one time, and I got done, and when I got done, uh, you know, the, the pastor, his English was, you know, it's okay, la, and uh, he said this to me. He says, he says Pastor Don, your, your sermons are so on the earth. They're so on the earth. To me, that was such a compliment because if we talk about heaven and it makes no sense here or it does nothing for us here on earth, it's really a waste of time. And, and so we need, but, but God tells us we need to have heavenly minds. We need to have minds on heaven. It says in Colossians chapter 3, it says, since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sight, set your affection, set your hope on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at the right hand of God. Think about things of heaven and not things of earth. It says it again in Philippians chapter 2. It says, have this mind in you that was also in Christ Jesus. So many places talk about having like a renewed mind, a, a mind that's like from heaven. It says in you know Romans chapter 12, verse 1, when he says, it says, renew your mind, you know, renew your mind. It says, uh, it says in Ephesians chapter 20, uh, chapter uh, 4, verse 23, it says, to be renewed in the spirit in your mind. In Colossians 10, 3.10, it says, 
You have put out the old self now, which has been renewed in the knowledge, put on the new self, which is renewed in the knowledge after the image of the creator. And so we are supposed to have a heavenly mind. Now, you need to know this, that from, you know, in, in chapter four, we saw last week that John, he was, he was, he was sent up in the spirit into heaven and he from that point on, from chapter 4 all the way through the rest of the book of Revelation, uh, John writes from a perspective of heaven. He has a heavenly perspective or a heavenly mind. And so the question is this. If, we have a heavenly, if we're to have a heavenly perspective or a heavenly mind, what is on God's mind? What is in Christ's mind? What, what is Christ's thinking about you know what is he thinking about and so and i've said this last week and i'm going to repeat a couple of things from last week because i really want to be i want you to get this in your mind that if we cannot see from a heavenly perspective we will not understand anything about god and we will not understand anything about what's happening here on earth because god is sovereign and his work is being done here in, on the earth. You may even have trouble seeing it, but that's why you need to see with God's mind, with God's perspective. And so when, when we see from Christ's perspective, um, we're going to find out that actually his mind is on the earth. It's really true. And so we have to get on God's side of things. You are struggling. Maybe you're struggling now. Maybe you're struggling with what's going on. Maybe you're even feeling lonely because you're stuck at home or whatever. Let me tell you, you've got to get God's perspective on these things. Once you start seeing like God, everything around you will change. You remember when Paul, the apostle, it says that Paul, he was Saul at the time, he was going around and he was killing the church. He was killing everything. You know, he was killing all the, uh, the, the, the people. He's putting them in prisons. And then it says all of a sudden, he had a vision. He saw Jesus Christ. And from the time after he saw Jesus Christ, his eyes were then blind for a little while. And then when they were opened, he saw completely different. He went from killing people who said Jesus is Lord to running around and telling everyone that Jesus was alive. Why? Because his mind was changed. And now he was seeing through Christ's eyes. That's where we need to get. We must get the mind of Christ. It says here in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it says this. No one can know, can know a person's thought except the person's own spirit. So you can't really know what's in my thoughts unless you have my spirit in you. And no one can know God's thought unless he has God's spirit. You need to get a baptism of the Holy Spirit to see through God's perspective. I said this last week. I'll say it again this week. Maybe you have someone right now that you're struggling with. You have trouble seeing them in a way. You judge them or you're angry towards them or you, you know, every time you see their face or hear one of their posts or read one of their posts, you're like, oh, yeah, really, right, yeah. And you have this like negative attitude towards them. That's because you don't have God's perspective and you can't see them the way God sees them. 
I think if you get a perspective and you start seeing them the way God sees them, you won't think those thoughts. It happened to me just today as I was riding on my bike. I was thinking of someone and all of a sudden I realized I said, I, I, I said it out loud in my helmet. I got that one from Victor. I do the same thing Victor does. I ride around, I sing songs in my helmet because it's just a great place and I, and, I, and, I, and I hear my thoughts in my helmet. It's great. And I was thinking these thoughts about this person and all of a sudden I stopped, not my bike, I just stopped in my head. I said, those are not God's thoughts. I said them out loud to myself. Those are not godly thoughts. Those are not the thoughts that God would have for those person. And I began to pray. I said, God, I want to have your thoughts about that person, not my thoughts. So we need to have God's spirit in us to know what is on God's mind. So, so what is on God's mind? Well, we get this from Revelations chapter, uh, chapter 4 and 5, and we get this also from Jesus. We see that Jesus didn't have, like I said last week, Jesus didn't have an I'm out of here mentality. Like if you're thinking about the rapture, if you're just saying, I can't wait to get out of here, I can't wait to leave this earth and be in heaven, that, that is not God's thoughts. It's not. God's thoughts, remember, let's, let's go back. Let's go before Jesus came to earth. Here's Jesus up in heaven. And what is his thoughts? On a broken world, he so much loved the world. He so much fell in love with this broken world that he said, I can't stay in heaven any longer. I must come to the earth. If you had, <clears throat> Let me just say it this way. That expression that says you are so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good if, if, if that's you, if that's someone says that about you or, or says that about a pastor, they are actually not heavenly minded. Because if you are heavenly minded, do you know how good you will be on this earth? Do you know how practical you will be? Do you know how amazing you will be on this earth? Because that's exactly what Jesus did. Jesus was heavenly minded. He had his father's thoughts on his mind. And what did he do? He left heaven and he came down to earth and he had earthly things on his mind. He had you and me on his mind. That's why when it says in Revelations 4, it says, it says come on up here and, and I will show you what will take place. What happens? He spends two chapters, John in chapter 4 and 5, he spends two chapters talking about what's going on in heaven, right? And then what does he do? He talks all about what God is doing on the earth from chapter 6 through the end. Chapter 6 through the end. And what does John see? I want you to think about it. If you know anything about the book of Revelation, right? Okay, so he goes to heaven, right? He sees uh, the creatures, and he, as I read in chapter 5, right? Then what does he see? I just want you to take a second. What does he see? So I can see, I can hear some of you thinking now. Well, he sees, uh, he sees tribulation. He sees uh, all these problems. He sees uh, the bowls. He sees the wrath of God coming out. He sees the antichrist. Where are your eyes? Your eyes are on the earth. That's exactly where they should be. But let me tell you what John actually sees. See, 
he spends those chapters, right? And I said this last week. He spends those chapters talking about what God is doing on the earth. And basically what he's doing, he's actually in the process of restoration. He's in the process of restoration. That's what it is. You're saying, how can that be restoration? He's getting rid of the old. He's bringing the new. And then in Revelations chapter 19, he uses the very same words. He says, come up here and I will show you. And what does, God, what does John see? He sees new Jerusalem. He sees the new heavens and the new earth coming down unto earth. You see, when you're heavenly minded, you will take the heavenly thoughts and you will bring them back down to earth. You know, we always talk about the rapture. Guess what? We're going up to come down. I said that last week. I'll say it again. We're going up. Why? To come back down. We are going to bring Eden back to earth all over again. Oh, hallelujah. I cannot wait when we walk in Jesus, we walk in, in, the, in the cool of the garden. It says they will come in and out of the temple. And they say there'll be no more sun because the glory of God will shine throughout all the earth. This is the Garden of Eden all throughout the earth. That's what we're bringing back here. We are in the restoration business. When you start thinking of heaven, you should start thinking about restoration. That's exactly what is going on here. You see, if you have this mind, like I said last week, if you had this mind, I can't wait to leave this earth. I'm tired of this earth. You will never love someone that you want to leave. You will never love someone that you want to leave. I'm drawn to my children. I get, want to get closer to my wife. Pray this week. I pray she comes back this week. Hallelujah. I think she's coming. So anyways, just you're drawn to that which you love. You know, I'm walking down the streets in Maidan, okay? When I, when I drive down this one street in Maidan, I smell the durian. I love durian. I'm drawn to that durian. Some of you are repulsed, but you don't like the smell of durian. When I smell durian, I am drawn to it. When I go in the supermarket and all of a sudden there's durian there and I... I'm like, where is it? Where even if I don't buy it, because it's mahal sometimes, I go over and I like, you know, I'm looking at it, I'm thinking about it, I'm drawn. You're drawn to that which you love. Jesus is drawn to people. If you want to leave this world, then it's because you don't have a love and a compassion for this world. Get heavenly minded and start getting compassion for this world. You know. Jesus said this. He said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I heard this dream um, uh, some time ago. I want to tell you, this guy told this story about this dream he had. It says he had this dream, and he says, I had this dream, and I, and I, I found myself in heaven. And here I was in heaven, and there was a... They had a, a wonderful uh, like host greeting team, like a, a person greeting them. And so here's this person. They come walking up, and let's just say his name was Sam. And he walks up to the, the, the greeter, walks up and says, Hey, Sam, 
man, we're so glad that you're here. We've been so happy that you're here. We've been waiting for you to come, and we're so happy that you're here. We see that your name is in the book, and so welcome to heaven. And, and so the, the, the greeter gives, gives, uh, gives Sam a tour, and he sees the streets of gold, and he sees his the, the place that God has made for him. And he, he sees uh, the new Jerusalem. He sees the, the glory of God. He sees it all. It's just amazing. And he's standing in the, the open square, you know, and, and, and it's kind of the end of his tour. And, and so the, the, the greeter says to him, and he says, now, Sam, you see, right over there is the bank. Now, that's the heavenly bank. So when you need to you know, get something here in heaven, you just, just go to the bank you know, and withdraw some, some, some heavenly money, and then you go and just buy whatever you need. You know? So he's like, oh, good. I don't have any, you know, I don't have any money on me, so you know, I, that's going to be my first stop. So he goes into the bank, and you know, he walks up to the teller, and the teller says, hi, Sam. It's good to have you here. We're so glad. You know, we know we have, you know, she looks on her, her books. And she, yeah, you have a bank account all set. And, and so he says, well, I, I, he goes, I, I'd, like to, I'd like to withdraw some cash, please. And so she, you know, gets on her computer and, you know, and all of a sudden she goes, oh, I'm sorry, Sam. You don't have any money. You have no money in your account. And he says, of course I don't have any money. I just got here. You know, I haven't really started kind of like working up here in heaven to make money. And the teller looks at him and says, Sam, I, I'm sorry. I guess you didn't really understand how things work. What you do on earth is what ends up getting stored up here in heaven if it's of God. And so I guess you really weren't doing the things of heaven on earth, the things that God wanted you on earth, and that's why you have no heavenly money up here. You see, it's all about what we do here. It's all about bringing heaven here. It's all about having compassion here. When we have God's mind here, we will be doing godly things here. We will be restoring. We will be forgiving. We will be having compassion. We will not be able to walk by someone who's struggling. We will have to help them. We will not just simply write someone off and say, I'll never talk to you again. We will be drawn to them because these are heavenly thoughts. So we say, have this, you know, store up, Things in heaven, your treasures in heaven. What do we think we're doing? Like just somehow like magically like throwing things up there? I mean, how do we actually have our treasure in heaven? You want to have your treasure in heaven? Lead your daughter to Christ. You want to have your treasure in heaven? Tell your neighbor about Jesus and tell him that he needs Jesus. You bring your, your wife or your husband to Christ. You want to bring treasures to heaven? Bring people. Then you'll have treasures in heaven. Bring all those that you, love, that you love. That's what it's all about. That's how you have treasures in heaven. So I have a few more minutes and, and I have some time and, and I, I'm just excited. So how do we live? See, because God wants us to live like from heaven. He doesn't want us to live for heaven he wants us to live from heaven. We already have open doors in heaven. We are already citizens there. So now we live from heaven to earth, not earth to heaven. Does that make sense? I hope it does. How do we live that way? How do we live from heaven to earth? How do we do that? I just want to share just a, a few things. 
And the first thing, obviously, the first thing is that you need to be born from above. That's the first thing that you need to do. You can never have the mind of Christ. You can never have uh, 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 the Holy Spirit unless you're born from above. And, And Jesus said this in John. He says, I tell you the truth. Unless you are born from above or born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. You'll never see the king. God is moving. God is moving through all these problems. He's moving. And the reason why you can't see him is because you need the spirit and maybe you're not born again. Maybe you have not given your life to Jesus Christ. Well, it's time that you're born and see the kingdom of God. Jesus Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit brings birth gives birth to the spirit life. Do not be surprised, Jesus said, when I say you must be born from above or born again. You need to be born again. You you can't understand the kingdom unless you're born there. You know, when you have a child and they're born, do you realize that like they don't even realize that they are learning the principles of their parents? They don't think Oh, now is my turn to learn. They don't think that at all. They naturally just soak up what is coming from their parents. In the same way, we need to be born again so that we can just soak up the things of our Father. You know, Jesus said, what did he say? Jesus said, I don't do anything that my Father is not doing or does not tell me to do. See, he was so focused on the Father. And so here he is on earth, He's fatherly minded and he's doing the things on earth. That's exactly the way God, the the way the Lord wants us to live. The second thing is we need to start living from above or living on top. We are more than conquerors. God said we are more than conquerors, so we live from above. We don't live even. We don't look above, like we don't look over us. We are not even with this COVID junk. We are not like, it's not above us. It might be able to touch our body, but it can't touch our souls. It can't touch the very thing that God has made precious. Nothing on earth is above us. We are way above all these things. Paul said this, we are seated with him in heavenly realms. So when we speak to things, we speak this way. That's how we speak to things. We speak down. Not condemning, not judging. I'm not talking speaking down to people. I'm talking about speaking down to the things that come against us. And that's not people. That's not heavenly minded. But when we we face trials and tribulations, we are above these things because we are seated in heavenly realms. He He is primarily referring to authority and rulership. That's what he's talking about when he says we are seated in heavenly realms. This is how he uses this phrase. We have authority and we have rulership over these things. From the very beginning it was that way. Jesus said what? Have dominion over the earth. We have dominion over things. 
It says here in, in, in Ephesians, Paul prays it this way. He says, I also pray that you will understand how incredibly, the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe. We need to start walking triumphantly. Triumphantly. Yes, that means declaring it. That means no matter what's coming against you, I am more than a conqueror. Say it. I am more than a conqueror through Christ who strengthens me. Nothing is above me except for one, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the Alpha and Omega. It says about Jesus, he's going to take all his enemies and make them what? His footstool. Guess where we're seated? We're not under his foot. We're sitting right next to him. So we have a footstool. Everything is under us. We need to live above things, over things. So we must be born again, born from above, live from above. And finally, or maybe I'll give you one more after this. Number three, live from abundance. What do you mean live from abundance? You have abundance. Well, no, I don't. Yeah, because you are looking at it from an earthly perspective. See, if you start, if I say live in abundance, live like live in abundance, like you live out abundance, and the first thing you think of is your bank account, that is not the spirit of God at all. Sorry, you have a lie. You need to change it. If when I say you live. Uh, from abundance or in yeah from abundance you live a life from abundance because you already have enough his divine divine power in second corinthians second uh, peter ver, uh, chapter one verse three his divine power god has given us everything we need for life and godliness we have received all of this by coming to know him He is the one who called himself uh, by the means of his miraculous or marvelous glory and excellence. Don't wait for an abundant life. Live in and from abundance because it's already been given to you. You see, Jesus looked around. He looked around heaven. He saw the streets of gold. He saw all of these things, right? He saw the, the mansions. He saw all of that. He saw a cattle on a thousand hills. And he says, I want to give my child, my children, you and me, I want to give them the best gift, the most expensive gift I can possibly give them. And what he said, he looked around. You know what? The most precious thing here in heaven is me. God gave us him. Woo! We have abundance. And believe me, if you start living from abundance, you will find you have abundance. I know that sounds weird. Maybe that sounds so heavenly minded. It's not earthly good. But trust me, if you live that way, you will find out that it's so true. <laughs> Remember when, when John looked, what did he see? He saw open heavens. The reason you think you're lacking, I wrote it down, I want to read it exactly. The reason you think you are lacking is that you're going to the wrong storehouse. You're going to the wrong storehouse. Our storehouse is in heaven. Finally, I'm going to give you one more thought. 
I really, I, I struggle to say this properly. So we li- we, we're born from above. We, we live from above. We live from abundance. And I would say it this way. We need to live. I know this is going to sound weird. A life exposed. We need to live a life exposed. Remember in the garden, Adam and Eve, it says at the end, right? While they're in the garden, it says, and Adam and Eve stood naked and unashamed. What that means is they were just totally exposed to God. They were totally exposed to people. They, that they could see... They could see everything about each other. When we hide, we do not live heavenly. Jesus did not hide. Jesus revealed himself to us. He said, everything that I have learned, I I have shared with you. We saw him completely. We saw him completely naked and unashamed. He had shame on the cross, but he, he was living unashamed. I hope that makes sense to you. Because he totally exposed himself and said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He was completely exposed. He was completely himself. And in the Bible, in the, in, in the New Testament, Jesus used this as expression. It's a difficult expression. He, he, he talks about a few parables and he says, he says, be gone with you, for I never knew you. He doesn't say, be gone with you, because you never knew me. I never knew you. The only way for God to know you is to just live a life exposed to God. Just totally just open up to God, say, yep, yeah, fat, yep, mistakes, yep. Sometimes deny you, yeah, Lord, sometimes. Sometimes I don't even serve you the way I should. Yep, that's me, God. I'm, I'm so sorry, God. I, I just expose my whole heart to you. I, all of it, Lord God, all of it. I expose all of it to you, Lord. See me. Search my heart, Lord God, as it says in the Psalms. See if there be any wicked way in me and lead me to the path of the living. That's the way God wants us to live. And even to our brothers and sisters, That's the way he wants us to live. When we do, God can work fully through us, completely through us. So today, I want you to have heavenly minds. I want you to be so heavenly minded, you're the most amazing people to this earth. Tonight, we're going to have communion. I'm going to pray for you in a minute. I just want to tell you, tonight we'll have communion. I look forward to it. It's a great time to expose ourselves to God, yeah? Uh, If you want any details, just simply um, just DM me or put a a comment in the the YouTube stuff later, whatever, you know, or contact the ICC. You can get all the details you need. All right, well, God bless you. I want to pray for you. I'll see you afterwards live. If you have any questions about heaven, love to talk to it, talk to you about it. Let me pray for you. Would you just reach out your hands? And if there's someone sitting next to you, just reach over and put your hand on their shoulder. (sighs) Father, there are some out there right now that are longing for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, a renewed 
outpouring of the Spirit. Right now, in Jesus' name, pour out your Spirit upon them. Father, I know that there's some out there right now that are probably thinking of their, their children or thinking of a distant uh, person who they want to be close to, but they've been apart from them. And Lord, I pray that you would, you would just help them to contact them this week. Father, I pray for restorations in families, restorations in hearts, restorations, Lord God, in all things in the people's lives that I pray for. So bless them and keep them and cause your face to shine upon them. Be gracious to them, Lord God. Pour out your spirit upon them. Lord God, I know you'll supply every one of their needs, Lord God. Father, let them know how much abundance they have right now. And Lord God, give them peace. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.